Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Yeah. Well, we have got just about. Hello. We've got Don Williams on a, on the phone, you guys, right now. Hi, Don. This is John. Yes. Hi, John. Thank <laughs> this you. Is, this is this is a little bit different than what I explained because I didn't realize how tight we were to the top of the hour, and uh, my my lovely introduction to my show has already played, and we are on. The, on the air right now. So, um, uh, welcome to blog talk radio, Don Williams. (laughs) All right. Great. Great to have you. Uh, let me just say a few words about Don. We've had him on before, but, um, he is, uh, just what, like I, I've told you many times with, with this show that we do every week. Um, a lot of what I loved about doing this is sharing some people, that have meant a lot to me over the years and um, sharing them with you, uh, my uh, catch listening audience. And, uh, but then there's a kind of a selfish thing. I, I get an excuse to call them up, find out what they're doing and, um, and kind of renew some relationships. And that is uh, for sure the case uh, with Don here. Um, He, I, I would say without him knowing it, he was probably, one of my first big mentors as a Bible teacher. Um, I was in uh, Forest Home, uh, California, and he was teaching Philippians. And I was, uh, uh, I was a freshman, gonna, going into my freshman year. And they, they called it I, – I, what did they – do you remember what they called that thing, Don? It was a, some kind of a college prep deal during the summer. Yeah, well, it was called a briefing conference. There you go. College briefing. They use the word briefing. Yeah, and 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 that came out of World War II, kind of a whole generation uh, where uh, you know younger guys going into the military were briefed for the battle, and that was the idea. Ah, okay. So we got briefed, <laughs> and and uh, the 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 year I went, Don was was teaching. Uh, I I I'm pretty sure it was Philippians, and um, I, I it's the first time anyone had taught the Word of God that just set my heart on fire. It was really something, and uh, there was something about his own passion uh, for the for the Word of God and for the truth that hmm. that I caught. And uh, uh, Don, I don't know that I've told you this, but you were you were very instrumental in me making a decision that uh, because I have turned into doing a lot of speaking. I, I it's after the music period in my life, it's gone into speaking. And one of the things I swore is that I would never bore anybody. 
if I was going to have to get up and speak, (laughs) you know, it was going to be entertaining, you know, but it was going to be passionate and they were going to know, you know, that, that, that I met, and and you were the first one to really uh, turn me on to that. So thank you. That's great, John. Praise God. (laughs) And then you, you went on, there's a lot of stuff. I'm not going to take the time to go through all of your credentials, um, but uh, the, the the period of time I'm most fascinated and, about, and and I would love you for you to maybe just address this a bit before we get into to our topic, and and sure. that was your time at Claremont, uh, where you I believe there was a period of time you taught. Uh, was it uh, new? Maybe it was New Testament or Pauline epistles to uh, to basically um, non Christians. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. It was. I, I taught at Claremont. What is today Claremont McKenna College, and at that time mm-hmm. it was Claremont Men's College, and it's now coed. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was uh, teaching in the religion philosophy department, so I had a lot of freedom there. And and what what did you teach? Everything. What were some of the main things? I understand you <laughs> like said like old old and New Testament and Jesus and and oh, I geez. you know a, a lot of Bible, but I also taught um, you know some theology as well and contemporary theology, and uh, uh, so it was it, it was interesting because um, I was hired uh, because the students got together and and said you know we. Uh, we want uh, an, an evangelical voice to be heard, uh, and it's only fair to us to have that voice heard, and you know, on a on a kind of a, a level that is academically acceptable. And actually, the the uh, president contacted Bob Munger, who was professor of evangelism at Fuller Seminary, and Bob recommended me, mm-hmm. and I was still on the staff of the Hollywood Presbyterian Church. But I taught. Uh, right. I taught for ten years there, and I started out uh, teaching one class, and then that grew into more and stuff like that. So, but it was a period where the students were really, you know, there. I, I don't know uh, if your listeners would remember the free speech movement uh, on the Berkeley campus. Students were demanding, right. um, making academic demands on our institutions at that time. And so their voice was heard there, and I was hired. Wow. Now, is it true, though, that that, um, that you would have a number of people who weren't believers in your classes? Mostly, yeah. And, you know, or, or, you know, some with a kind of nominal, maybe church background. Yeah, but I had, I, <laughs> I can say this now and tell, tell the truth, and I had a number of students who became Christians as a result of taking my class because uh, their big question was, uh, you know, whether the Bible is reliable and whether you can really ground uh-huh. your faith in, you know, in, 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 in that and, and what have you. So, yeah, so I, I mean, I didn't go to there to evangelize. Um, some of the faculty, sub, you know, suspected that I did, but I didn't. But I, I uh-huh. went there to be faithful to what God had called me to do, and 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 you That's know, great. and so I was able to to use books like F. F. Bruce's The New Testament Documents. Are they reliable? And those kinds of 
of, of books, mm-hmm. and the students normally would never have read those books uh, in, in the uh, wow. former curriculum. So it was a great opportunity, and, and some. I have a, a an old friend I haven't seen him for a while. Rob Langworthy is his name, and he is a the pastor of the Covenant Presbyterian Church in Long Beach. And he was in my class, and we became really close friends at that time. And you know, and you know, you know, all we have to do is just show up and see what God's going to do. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that great? I, I had a a mentor of mine up in. Uh, in Peninsula Bible Church, and that was his mantra, um, uh, based on the New Covenant ministry, Christ in yep. us, show up, you know, and be available. Yep. <laughs> well, I kind yeah. of heard, I kind of I heard that from John Wimber, who then, you know, was the leader of the Vineyard, which I became involved with uh-huh. later on. But I, I yeah. heard that originally yeah. kind of from John, but uh, it's true. Yep. It, so let's sure keep on showing up. Truth. <laughs> yes, and so see, here we see. are. We are showing. <laughs> we're, we're showing we're up, showing and up. you know, and, he, and here, here you are, John, on the radio, and you don't know who's listening, and uh, uh, but you're showing up with, uh, you know, your themes and the truth, and uh, uh, and you know, it touches a lot of lives that you'll never you would never touch in any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Very. And, and you probably noticed this, Don, once in a while, you will, somebody will come back. I, I think of kind of the, the one out of 10 lepers that came back and thanked right. Jesus, you know, right. and, and once in a while you'll hear from one of those. Um, and uh, that really, I can get ex- excited enough for a f- to keep going for a few more years when when I get <laughs> one of those. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, and 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 in a way, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the one leper that comes back. You know, and so yeah. uh, you can have great crowds and stuff. And of course, Billy Graham died recently, and there's been a lot mm-hmm. about his uh, huge ministry uh, and what have you, which is wonderful. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting that it's his son, one of his sons, and and his, you know, his his kids, both male and female, and second generation, who are carrying on, really his his ministry, and uh, you know, it, it, there are a few people that are that are totally in 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 that, and which is great. So mm-hmm. praise God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, that period of time um, was uh, when you were in Claremont. W- w- would that have been in the 70s? Somewhere uh, yes, there? I, 70s and early yeah. 80s, maybe? Well, yeah, yeah it was uh, yeah, It started in, in the early 70s, right? Yeah. And, and I was there for 10 right? years, so it went into the, in, into the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that – but that's – what we look to as being the Jesus movement that we call it. And um, of course you were involved in that uh, from Hollywood press. I remember remember running into you during that time a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, those were exciting days. Remember the salt company? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Guys. (laughs) Yeah. David has just, has just published a book. Uh, I think it's Zonervan is the publisher 
on uh, really on 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 worship and music and what have you. Yeah. So uh, there's a core of people still left. We had some re- reunions uh, last year, and uh, a lot of people showed up. Several hundred people so showed wow. up, and so you know it. You never know. You you don't know because you're you know you're being carried by the culture, and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. But uh, God really right. used that time, so it's a good thing. Well, the Jesus movement is properly called because uh, it's it was all about Jesus, and and there was a huge um, interest. Uh, there was a lot of disinterest in the institutional church, but uh, somehow Jesus. Uh, slipped through the radar and it was kind of like um i i often joke about jesus being the ultimate hippie you know, you know long hair beard uh sandals and and he was against the establishment you know so so yeah, you could make that case <laughs> and and here here he was um uh, and, and and a whole new interest uh, showed up, and a whole generation of people uh, came around that that message. And and but we were we thought of ourselves as radicals. We use words like radicals and revolutionary, um, spiritual revolution. And mm-hmm. and now in the last ten years or so, there's been kind of a resurgence of this. And one of those is uh, Tony Pope's other Christians, in which people are uh, The focus is on the words of Jesus, and if you look at what's happening with the Red Letter Christians, or you go to redletterchristians.com, you, you'll find that you find a very active uh, uh, engagement. Of, of Christians You find they're socially conscious They're helping the poor uh, They're looking And the homeless and immigrants And so It seems like When we focus on Jesus We have a tendency to get A more radical version Of Christianity than maybe The traditional church but Would you agree with that And 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 would you If so why do you think that that is? Well, I, I I do and I don't, John, because I think focusing on mm-hmm. Jesus that's a very vague, you know, and and like if you were to talk to uh, church leaders, uh, traditional leaders uh, in the Protestant Catholic Church and Orthodox Church, they'd all agree we focus on Jesus, you know, but but the outcome is very different, and um, I may quote Karl Barth now, kind of quote him. And he was, uh, you know, kind of a, an honored theologian of the last century. And Bart said, we need to preach with the word of God in the one hand and the newspaper in the other hand. In other words, we need to connect oh, yeah. to the culture. And the Jesus movement connected to the culture big time in the 60s and 70s and, and what have you. And, and then the culture changed. It changed radically. And it's not the same culture today. So if the evangelical faith or the biblical faith is uh, connecting to the culture today it's a different culture well, no that's that's a fascinating question right there uh, uh, could, could you um, could you go into a little bit about how, how it's different is that too big of well a I yeah 
Sure, I sure. Just you know, just a a quick response to that is that yeah, broad. Well, you know, and what you need to do is you need to uh, like analyze what were the political and social issues of the '60s and '70s, and how does that relate Mm -hmm. to our world today? And they obviously were things like the sexual revolution, the Vietnam War, uh, the whole drug culture, Mm -hmm. etc. And they were changing everything you know and and but they did change everything in terms of the secular culture big time and of course the the church or the evangelical christians had to respond to those changes but uh the you know the <laughs> it, it's it's happened folks and today there's no sexual revolution you know i mean the revolution is people who decide not to have sex before they get married you know or who are um, um, rescuing people from their addiction to drugs or who are, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, um, uh, you know, the culture was very different in the 60s, and we were there, and we were in the streets, and we were doing what we could do to see mm-hmm. people come to come to Jesus, and, and we saw a lot of people. Actually, in the whole Jesus movement, um, millions of people became Christians, and and, and it, it changed the church in many ways, and probably the biggest change is in music. Yes, and 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 now we see that in in the, in the worship aspect. Yeah, of exa- churches, well, yeah, sure. that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. <laughs> I'm yeah. thinking of you, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a good oh, thing. Oh boy. Well, you know, so today, let's think of today's culture. Um, What's happened with with what I call the Christian subculture that I feel somewhat responsible for that grew out of the Jesus movement, um, mm-hmm. and um, in many ways, sometimes I think uh, the Christian subculture has become the uh, the, the bad guy. Um, like the institutional church was the bad guy in the Jesus movement. I, is that possible? Do you see well, what I'm sure saying? It's, <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> and, you know, in terms of, of, of how the world or non-Christians or the traditional institutional church views uh, kind of the evangelical movement or what have you. And, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, it 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 is very different, uh, and and you know you're always looking for a bad guy, I guess, and uh, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's many times it's it, it it's more of the biblical and traditional Christian that becomes the bad guy, and in a way that's a compliment because you're then, um, you know, culture is being confront, confronted by by your faith, by your lifestyle, and what have you. Like you know, for example, a bad guy would be somebody who doesn't sleep with his girlfriend, or vice versa. <laughs> you know that. I mean, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, so so I mean, we could, you know, we could talk about the sexual revolution or what have you, or the drug culture or what have you, and, and you know, and all of those uh, would have some impact on on what it means to be a Christian in this generation. And a lot of those uh, issues would separate us from uh, a lot of um, kind of mainline or traditional Christians, as well as from 
those who have no faith. So, yeah, that, yeah. that's going to always happen. Um, Don, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you because for some reason you, you've gotten more muffled. Have you changed anything about where your phone is or how you're talking? Okay, that's a good question. <laughs> Tell me now whether I'm getting, you know, coming across. This is much better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is much better. Much better. Good. Okay. So. Um, well, you know, I, I start to preach, John, and then I just kind of distance myself from my phone and I just go off and what have you. So I'm back and I won't do that again. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, well, I'd, I'd like to know what you think about some of this resurgence of of uh, the focus on Jesus. Um, and, and I don't think it's just the red letters, but I mean, the, the red letters have become representative of, of, um, I think focusing more on Jesus. Do you get a different, do you get a different emphasis if you focus on Jesus than if you focus on maybe Paul or, or something else like that? Well, uh, once again, historically, you know, there, there, there have been segments of, of the church that have really put Jesus and Paul uh, at odds with each other. And, and so, you know, there a lot of people would say, yeah, you got a very different thing. Like if you read the Gospels and you read Paul's letters, Paul's way off on theology and ethical issues. And the Gospel has to do with, in, in, in the New Testament, has to do with, you know, um, Jesus talking about, uh, the poor and the hungry and the dispossessed and what have you, and we don't find that in Paul's letters that much. Maybe a little bit, but not not really. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, th- that's an easy kind of an easy battle. Not not easy in terms of its outcome, but it's it's easy to uh, kind of position yourself in that way. Why do you think there would be? Uh... Uh, a resurgence of of wanting to emphasize just Jesus. Well, I think part of part of the answer, apart from say what God's doing in the church and junk like that, not junk stuff, things like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, that and and again, if you look at renewal or revival uh, historically, uh, that many times will take place, and it's a work of God, and it's a new thing. And it's wonderful, um, but I think another way to view it is that the, as the culture changes, so the issues change. And uh, uh, let, let me give you an example. Like uh, when I was uh, growing up and a young Christian, the issue of homosexuality was not an issue in the church. Now there were gay people and what have you, but they were, you know, they were closeted, and they were. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they were li- living a very kind of uh, um, un- un- unpopular life uh, within a subculture. Now, today, that has changed radically for a lot of the church, not for all of it, but a lot of it. And uh, so the question of gays feeling at home in the church or being able to be a Christian and to deal with their sexual identity and preferences and all those things. I mean, that's that's in this generation. 
it's it, it's yeah. not in the in the 60s and it's not even in the 70s particularly so that would yeah. be one thing i i think the whole drug you know the the drug culture this is would be another example but i won't go off on the, these things yeah yeah, it's interesting you brought up the homosexual issue because I, I, let me just throw this out because I hear people say, well, Jesus never talked about it, and uh, but Paul did. Um, <laughs> is, there any significance, is there any significance in that? <laughs> well, you know, it depends on depends on on how you're trying to draw the significance in terms of your world and your culture today. Uh, Jesus didn't talk mm-hmm. about homosexuality. That's true. But he did talk about sexuality. That's also true. And when he did, it was always heterosexual, sexual identity and, mm-hmm. and, and, and what have you. And the reason being that there was virtually no homosexuality in the Jewish culture. So mm-hmm. um, he, 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 you know, he didn't have any reason, you might say culturally, to address that issue. Um, and... Uh, and and the you know the the Jewish uh, culture is is not uh, uh, traditional culture is not uh, sympathetic toward the gay culture. And matter of fact, uh, in the first century, it's the gay culture or the gay world which comes in the Hellenistic and Greco-Roman c- context, not in the Jewish context. So Jesus, you know, didn't run into it in his public ministry, what he would have said about it or how he would have addressed it. That's a, you know, that people could debate that, but it just uh, was a non-issue. And it was when the gospel went into the pagan world, the Hellenistic world, that homosexuality then became, uh, you know, one of the subjects. It's not a major issue, but obviously the first chapter of Romans uh, highlights it. Uh, in a way, and you know, and but again, it was in the uh, the pagan culture that that was that ha- it had to be dealt with in one way or another. If you wanted to be, let's go at it from this angle. If you wanted to be a a, a revolutionary Christian today, what would you look like? What what would a what would you say say? Uh, a radical or revolutionary Christian in this culture would look like. Is that a is that a fair question, or is that just <laughs> a little too, well, too hard to deal uh, with? I mean, it's a it's a good question because we need to all think about that. Like, what is it about my life in terms of my, uh, you know, my commitment to my career, my, uh, you know, comfort. Uh, my politics and what have you, what is it about my life that's really influenced by Jesus or that is, you know, an extension of his kingdom? And what is it that's just simply echoing or, or uh, you know, kind of mirroring the culture as it is? And, and you know, obviously in the last election, uh, the majority of voters, not necessarily voters, but certainly the Electoral College swung more conservatively and that probably heartened a lot of Christians. But the question is, was that really um, a representation of biblical faith or was it just a reaction to, you know, Hillary, you know, the whole feminist theme and stuff like that? So I don't know. You know, I, I don't know how do, you, how do we sort all that out. And uh, mm-hmm. I, 
you know, I, I think it's. I think we have to be careful about uh, jumping to conclusions. Okay. Okay. But someone who is radically following Jesus um, would would be someone who would be active in in their culture uh, and would care about the poor and and the homeless and and uh, and the like. Right. Yeah. Those, yeah. I, I think, John. Yeah. Beyond, I think those beyond, are safe. Those are safe issues. Yeah. You know. I mean, every beyond Christian just, or, yeah. would agree that we need to do more or whatever. Or, you know, mm-hmm. they may not do anything about it, but they would not contest that as being um, not a part of their agenda for their faith. Right. Right. I think sometimes I know in my thinking, Don, uh, the, I'm attracted to this red letter thing because, uh, in, in one way, you can think, well, you know, when we have the words of Jesus, that's like the pure essence of the truth. This is it. If we get this, we really don't need anything else. Um, is but there that, a danger the in, in thinking that way? The church has never never taken that position historically, like the, the, the mainstream of the church. You know, in other words, it, the can of scripture, both Old and New Testaments, and you know that would open up a, a whole conversation. But you know that that always has played a role in uh, the way the Christian life is understood and the way we are to live it and what have you. So, uh, just to just to uh, kind of filter out the red letters is not even Jesus. That, that's, that's what troubles me about this whole, uh, maybe it's your, your broadcast. I haven't, I, honestly, I haven't been listening to you. But, but it's, it's not what Jesus said simply. It's what Jesus did. And if you're going to be a red-letter Christian, drive out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, as well as feed the hungry and care for orphans and, and widows, you know. All right. So it's what he did. As well it's what as he what did. He uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a really fast story. A person who's had a huge impact uh, impact on my life is John Wimber, who uh, became he was in Calvary Chapel as a pastor and then uh, led the Vineyard Movement. <clears throat> but anyway. Um, John uh, was uh, a jazz musician who was converted in his later 20s, and uh, he finally went to church with a friend after he'd become a Christian, and it was the first time he'd ever gone to a church. It was a, a Quaker church in, uh, in the um, Orange County area, and anyway, uh, the first thing that he noted was that they didn't have any ashtrays. How come they didn't have ashtrays? He'd never been in church before. <laughs> You know, and, and and anyway, so that was his first uh, <laughs> uh, first surprise. But uh, but after after the service was over, he exited with the friend that brought him, and he turned to his friend. And he said, "When do we get to do the stuff?" And his friend said, "The stuff. What do you mean by the stuff? Well, you know, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead." And his friend said, "Oh, John, we don't do it. We just talk about it." <laughs> And you know, if you if you go back to kind of like the Jesus movement or that era, you know, and what have you, that 
there's a context for John's uh, surprise, if you will, that we just talk about it. We don't do it. And, and again, if it becomes kind of a legalistic thing in terms of doing it, that, that can be a real perversion. But if it's uh, out of love and compassion and the power of the Holy Spirit and God directing us, uh, that's, you know, that's mm. what we're called to do. And, and, and most of the church is engaged in some way or another in that, in Central and South America, in Africa, and in the Far East. Most of the church is engaged in healing the sick and feeding the the hungry and caring for uh, the outcasts and what have you. Uh, it's it's not true in in the northern part of our hemisphere. Uh, that would be a smaller, much smaller percentage. But in where the church is growing and where the church is vital and what have you, it's 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 part of the deal. It's doing the stuff. It's not only doing what Jesus said or believing in him, but it's also doing what he did. Wow. And and what would that be because we just don't believe? Um we're we're just we're too comfortable in our faith and and, and we don't believe that these things can happen now? Yeah, I, it's uh, a worldview issue, it is, yeah, yeah. It certainly is mm-hmm. that. You know. But also, um, we don't see it modeled. Uh, you know, in most of our yeah. evangelical churches, um, we, you know, it's very, very much uh, downplayed. So mm-hmm. anyway, I, yeah, I mean, I could answer that in, you know, with with a, a long answer, but uh, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. in the New Testament and it's in the. Um, emerging church around the world but is it in our church okay that's the question yeah wow that's a great question well i this is this has been fascinating and i hate to say that we're out of time but i do have (laughs) one more one, one last question for you and um and then we'll just have to have you back sometime that's that's all there is to it um this uh, if John, if if um, now that we've redefined not just the words, but but acting like, but the deeds of Jesus, if we were focusing on that and doing the words, uh, uh, hearing the words, following the words of Jesus, and and and, and truly following Him in the things that He did, what? What kind of people would we be? Well, I think, you know, like, again, John, what you said, if we were doing this and what what kind of people would be, we'd be Christians. And, you know, the word Christian means little Christs, Christian. Yeah, we'd be little Christs uh, in this very uh, dark and, and, uh, and uh, difficult world. And, and we would be, you know, as Jesus says, we would be salt, um, preserving and flavoring the world, and we would be light in the darkness. We would be Christians. Mm. Oh, wow. And, you know, well, and, and another, just, to, uh, just to add one more thought, John, before we go off the air, and that, that is, you know, yeah. this is what younger people are looking for. 
you know, teenagers and young adults, they're looking for real Christians. Yeah. They are. Well, we need to go deeper into that next time, I think. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's, let's be talking about what those real Christians look like. Um, certainly we'll be thinking about that. That's, um, I love that. And I agree with you. I think, I think the, uh, the younger people are really wanting genuineness. Wouldn't you say, um, people yeah. who yep. really are, really are who they say they are. Yeah. yeah they're looking um, for reality. And mm-hmm. if they can't yeah. find it in Jesus, they'll find it in you know, some difficult relationship or some spiritual darkness or what have you, but they're looking for a reality. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. John, I can't thank you enough. This has been great. And uh, will, will you, uh, will you visit us again sometime? Invite me. <laughs> thank you, John. Yeah. God bless you. Okay. And God bless your listeners. Thank you. Great to be with you. Thank you so mm. much. Thank you. Right on. Well, there you go, folks. Bye-bye. Hmm? That, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That, that was pretty cool, I would say. And uh, uh, lots, of, lots of stuff to think about. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this one again because um, there, there's just some really great, great things. And, and, and I think I love about Don is that, that he doesn't necessarily agree with everything. Um, and he's got some uh he he's he's got some wonderful points um that we need to consider and uh i think probably the most impactful one was uh are we really being not just the words of jesus are we being like christ and what does that mean to be like christ in the world um uh, things like compassion and grace come to mind and uh but then then there's there's power um that i don't think we're seeing and uh the power of the holy spirit and and even miracles that uh are happening where the church is in, like don says is emerging but but not here where we've been the church for a long time and we're sitting on our hands so uh interesting these are interesting days. Keep listening. Keep checking this out. Um, we want you guys to grow and to become real in the world around you and to be out into the marketplace where you can see what's going on and, uh, and carry the reality of Christ there. That's what we're all out. Grace turned outward. That's it, you guys. Grace turned outward. God bless you all. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.